Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys. This is the show that takes you into the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a betting perspective. With pro sports handicappers, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith, and various guests from the world of hockey and sports betting. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys. It's Friday, October the 13th. Friday the 13th. Hopefully that's not a bad omen for the uh, bets that we'll give you on this show. Ian Cameron and Alex B. Smith ready to break down the Friday card. We'll have Jimmy Murphy, our first Jimmy Murphy Friday of the season. He'll be joining us momentarily as well. Last night, uh, a pretty busy night in the NHL. A uh, lot of action. Um, disappointing night for me betting-wise a little bit, especially the early games. I mean, uh, disappointing to see Columbus fall short against uh, Philadelphia in that game. And worst news for Columbus is not only did they lose the game, they lost Zach Wierenski to injury. The guy had just gotten finally healthy to start the year. And we know how important he is, you know, to this Jackets blue line. And uh, now we're going to have to see how long he might be out of action uh, for them uh, moving forward. But uh, the Philadelphia Flyers get it uh, done last night with a, a solid uh, road win uh, in uh, Columbus. Uh, last night, we also saw the, uh, uh, New Jersey Devils uh, take care of the Detroit Red Wings 4-3. Um, pretty much what you expected from New Jersey. They had a hard time finishing early in that game, but Jack Hughes started to get his magic going. Uh, only a few handful of people in the NHL can score a goal from the angle he did along the goal line, uh, banking it in off Billy Huso. And then the second goal is classic Jack Hughes. Cut to the middle of the ice, shoot back against the grain, and, and finish it off in the corner past two. So a terrific goal, just a great player, a two goal game from him. Dougie Hamilton gets the uh, goal that puts them ahead three, two, uh, and it ends up a four, three New Jersey final score. Crazy third period to get that game over the total. That was a good game for me. The over cashes and the New Jersey team total over uh, also cashing in for me in that game. So that was definitely a good result there. Uh, disappointing, obviously from the Buffalo Sabres team, getting a lot of off season hype. First game not going uh, the way they wanted. Uh, 5-1 loss to the uh, New York Rangers. Um, you, you know what? I, and upon looking back on that game, I kind of underestimated, you know, that Buffalo really didn't play many of their guys in the preseason. And they mentioned that on the broadcast. And you could tell, out of sync, just nothing really crisp, nothing sharp, breakdowns defensively, which led multiple breakdowns, led to those Rangers goals last night. And Don Granado didn't play a lot of Tage Thompson and Skinner and Tuck and go on down the list in the preseason. And maybe we saw some of that last night. Just not uh, a lot of synchronicity in the Sabres game. They will get better, and you can't overreact to one game uh, from Buffalo, but obviously not the first game they wanted. I will say this, though. I had a hard time keeping it together emotionally during the Rick Jenneret tribute before the game, which was absolutely touching, absolutely beautiful. So, so well done there uh, right before the game. Uh, Dallas with a 2-1 shootout win against uh, St. Louis. I'll say this, Bennington played well, very well in net for the uh, St. Louis Blues and uh, reminded me of Bennington in the 2019 Stanley Cup year. Uh, you talk about disappointing, doesn't get much more disappointing than the Seattle Kraken last night. Uh, I actually thought they played better against Vegas. I said this. They did. They did play better they against did. Vegas. Yeah. They could have led early in that game against yeah. Vegas. They had a bunch of chances. Nothing went in. First shot Vegas gets goes in. Last night, it was not the same. You know, they got outplayed. They got badly outplayed in the last two periods. They had nine shots on goal in the last two periods combined against Nashville and a 3 nothing shutout loss. Offense has been dormant. I, again, I'm not pushing the panic button yet. But I'll tell you what, Alex, the concern level sure goes up a little bit. Uh, like yep. I say, no panic. It's two games, but the concern level goes up for sure with what we've seen from Seattle, especially when they actually, after a loss against Vegas, where they played actually pretty solid, they take a big step back and they don't play anywhere close to as good against a weaker team. Yeah, and it's funny because I, I mentioned it on yesterday's show that had Seattle won the opener against Vegas, I wouldn't have touched that game with Nashville. The travel spot's a bit awkward, even though that – Really shouldn't matter too much in the early season. Everybody should be fresh and healthy. But just some travel spots are weird. We'll talk about one tomorrow as well. Uh, and, and so that was just kind of a thing that 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 was a, a would have been a red flag. But once I saw where Seattle played a good game against Vegas and still ended up losing, like I said, Aiden Hill stood on his head. Okay, well here they are playing against you know going down in class 
uh, against the national team who is having their home opener. You know, the home opener jitters are, are all gone for Seattle. You, you just had the, the biggest uh, uh, ceremony of home openers that you went through already other than your own. So they come out guns blazing. Like you said, they just completely fell out and fizzled out. You know, like it was the end of a of a 10-game road trip, uh, the way that they were playing in, in those last 20, 30 minutes of play. So that's that's really concerning uh, against a team that I'm certainly not high on. And, of, of course, UC Soros can steal you a game. But that wasn't a UC Soros stealing you a game and getting a shutout. That was Seattle not playing their full potential for a full 60 minutes, and it leads to a UC Soros shutout. So, uh, you know, if those two teams meet, which they will meet again, but, but if that game – off of that spot was in, say, November, December, wouldn't have touched it with a 10-foot pole. If anything, probably would have looked toward Nashville. And, uh, you know, like I said, so we got to, you know, start looking at some of those spots and, like, you go transition to the Buffalo game, which that was incredibly disappointing, too. And, you know, I, I remember some people in the chat yesterday talking about Devin Levi. And I know some of it was kind of in jest saying that, oh, you know, he looked a little rough because he had a really bad outing uh, toward that preseason in the second period. I want to say it was against Detroit they were playing. And every goal that he let in was just completely soft and weak. It was actually Pittsburgh, not, not Detroit. I haven't spoken that. It was a Pittsburgh game. And right now, it seems with Devin Levi, he's got this real hot, cold thing. If he doesn't look sharp or feel in the zone in the first 10, 15 minutes of the game, if he lets a, a weaker goal in, his confidence seems to be really shot. And that's, you know, natural. Got to understand, this guy is going straight into the pros out of college. You know, he had no AHL experience. No, he's just now getting his feet wet into professional hockey. You, you know, you, you can count whatever you want about the two weeks that he had at the end of the season last year, but he's still riding off that momentum of finishing a college season. This is a whole different atmosphere. And, you know, obviously, you know, everybody's looking for Buffalo to make this jump and be a playoff team. Maybe it's not the worst thing in the world. You can send Levi down and he doesn't have to clear waivers. Maybe give him a rest and let him get some games in Rochester. Ride UPL, ride Eric Comrie as much as you can, and just let him get some seasoning and development so he won't just be rough shot because that's all you need is for him to go, what, 0-4-1 to start the season, and now his confidence is blown for the next two months. And now this plan you had of, of being a, a playoff team is now in serious jeopardy because now you have to rely on UPL. You have to rely on Comrie. Don't kill this kid's confidence yet. I say if he has one more bad start – Sit him down and say, look, you know, we want to just give you some seasoning where these games don't matter for us in the big club. We're sending you to Rochester. Get some work in. This is not a demotion. This is just, you know, a feeling out and letting things work. It's, it's for the greater good of the organization. If they do that, I think Buffalo will be in more than great shape. And I think he'll be better mentally when he comes back uh, from doing a stunt like that. Yeah, no doubt. And it's good. And this is where. You know, I think they tried. They kicked the tires on the, the likes of John Gibson and Connor Hellebuck in the offseason, Buffalo. But obviously, they couldn't come to an uh, agreement with those teams. Uh, but this is where you wonder, as the season goes on, we think Levi's the real deal, but it's not going to be instant, maybe. It's going to take some time for that yeah. consistency to develop. You know, would a veteran goalie in place have really, really helped this team in between the pipes? Because that's the one thing Craig Anderson gave them, was definitely that veteran presence and someone that the young goalies could learn from. Uh, and they don't really have that kind of voice anymore uh, in right. that goalie room right now for the uh, Buffalo Sabres. Spe what, we, what we do have in our room right now for the first time this season is Jimmy Murphy, a clean shaven Jimmy. Mur Look at this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it takes the facial hair off. He looks 10 yeah. years younger now. Jimmy, good to see you. Good to see you guys. How you doing? Good, I'm doing good. great. Um, good to have hockey back. Good to have the show back. Good to have you the Fridays that you join us back once yep. again. Uh, we're just yep. talking about last night's games. What stuck out to you, Jimmy, from uh, last night? Well, I look at the the Flyers, guys. I mean, I know it's kind of a throwaway game for a lot of people. Not, not a lot of interest in it. Two predicted non-playoff teams. But, you know, I saw them twice in the preseason, and I was pretty impressed. I mean, I remember saying to a reporter uh, next to me that, you know, this team's not going to go anywhere, but I think they're going to be scrappy. I think they're going to score a lot of goals. And you could see that offense really clicking last night. I mean, obviously, Konechny is the main guy there. But I, I think a guy you got to look at for props this year is going to be Joel Farabee. I, I think he's primed for a big year. And, of course, he got the uh, first goal last night as well yep. for the uh, Philadelphia Flyers uh, in their victory against um, – uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets last night. Minnesota shuts out Florida 2-0. 41 shots yeah. for Florida. Yeah. Uh, but they could not beat Philip Gustafson. And, you know, we talk about Aaron Eckblad and Brandon Montour missing 
the first few months of the season. It's not just defensively what you'll miss. It's the offense from the back end. It's moving that puck from the back end. They're both great at it. And sure enough, without them, what do you see last night? You see a little bit of Calgary Flames from last year in the Florida Panthers last night. Tons of shots and no offense and no goal production to show for it. Yeah, and I I think Minnesota, too, guys, is a team to watch. I mean, obviously, uh, Billy Garrett's done a great job there assembling that team and now locking in a lot of his guys. Uh, so they've got some cup aspirations there, and they're going to be a tough team to play against every night. I mean, they bring it physically. Uh, they've got great defense, awesome goaltending, as you just mentioned there. So they're going to be a team to watch. Florida, I'm with you. I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how much that does hurt them and if they can, you know, make it through the weeds, so to speak, in the first two months of the season without those guys. I mean, I saw the Bruins do it last year without McAvoy. Um, but that doesn't always happen. I mean, it, it just depends on the the way the – the room gels and the way that blue line will come together as a unit. Uh, I don't think they can depend on any one guy. All right. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, Minnesota there. And look, the key is going to be got to have everybody. Uh, it was great to see uh, the goal got taken away, but he had a good game Rossi uh, for yeah. uh, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. And that's mm-hmm. an X factor for them. They get some offense from him. All of a sudden there's less pressure on Kaprizov and Hartman and Boldy and guys like that it really lengthens the lineup if they get something from rossi if they get something from maybe connor dewar uh, offensively this season that's going to make a big uh, difference uh the final game last night was vegas san jose i think pretty much went as i was hoping it would uh even with vegas concerns that ah they're going to san jose do they take them lightly they still i don't even think vegas played great and they still beat san jose uh four to one last night um it was just a team total caches vegas and regulation caches so an up and down day at least ended on a high note for me uh, thanks yeah. to uh, that game. Mm-hmm. And uh, after what I saw last night, guys, um, I'm probably going to just march on feeding San Jose as much as I possibly can here uh, early in the season, whether yeah. it's team total on the other team, whether it's regulations, first periods, you name it. But, um, you know, it's not like that was the greatest spot in the world for Vegas. It still ended up 4-1 Golden Knights. Not a lot of offense generated by the Sharks. They are going to have a tough time scoring goals, especially, too, because Logan Couture is out to start the season that's puts pressure on hurdle uh, and you know and this young kid Eklund who was okay last night but it looks like he's going to need time to really gel at the NHL level tough times for San Jose and uh, like yeah. I say didn't even get Vegas's best game in my opinion last night they still got the 4-1 win mm. yeah, that, yeah and that's what I was saying ahead. oh Jimmy no you go Jimmy no I was, I was just going to say exactly the same thing guys I think that's a great point by Ian that this was kind of a, a game that you would kind of look on the schedule and say for Vegas, this could be one of those trap games, a little sleeper game there. And, and good on them that they battled through that and they didn't allow that to happen. And yeah, you got to fade San Jose right now. This, They're definitely, I think, going to be one of those teams competing for the number one pick uh, at next year's draft. I sure hope so. Alex and I both hope so. We got them plus yeah. 300 to plus 350, worst record. Oh, okay. There you go. Yeah. And, and and it's just, you know, we like I said, Ian, you said it about, you know, this could be a possible sleepwalking spot. And, and then I said half of Henderson could be playing in this game and they'd still find a way to win. <laughs> and, and sure enough, this, I mean, this Sharks team, as bad as it looked on paper, it looks that bad on the ice. You know, sometimes, yeah. you know, like Arizona a couple of years ago, we're like, oh, this, I remember I said, this might be the worst team we've seen since the 97 Lightning. And they were, I almost got their record down to a T, but they weren't as bad on the ice like they were on paper. But this team, it, I mean, what you see is what you get if it's not worse. And like you said, if, when injuries start mounting, there's nothing uh, with the Barracuda that can help save them in any form or fashion. I looked at the schedule between now and, and American Thanksgiving, uh, November 23rd. They might win one or two games between that now and then. <laughs> Honestly, they are, they are horrendous. So, yeah, yeah, it's going to be rough in the Bay Area. Godspeed to Shangpang covering that team. Yeah, right? (laughs) right? (laughs) Hey, losing gives you a lot to write about. That's true. It does. Sometimes that provides the better stories. It does. People want to hear about negative and read about negative. negative Get all all riled up about (laughs) the bad stuff compared to the good stuff. We'll do the Friday card and then bargain bin and best bets in a moment. Mm -hmm. With Jimmy here first, I do want to ask about his thoughts on the Bruins, their first game of the season against Chicago. And maybe most importantly, Jimmy, someone that was in the building, what was it like seeing Connor Bedard play uh, in person on Wednesday night? Oh, wow. I mean, this kid, man, it just, you know, when you get a chance to see him in person, it's a whole other perspective. And uh, he's just something else. He's he's a once-in-a-generation player. And, you know, he gets his first goal there. And uh, just kind of talking to some of the Bruins players after, you know, he's one of those guys that leaves the opponent being like, whoa, you know, what what was that? <laughs> and so 
he's going to do that a lot. I think he's he's primed for a big career, and they're you know they're going to be a team too that's going to be at the bottom, but they're going to be fun to watch because of him and. That line, if they can stay healthy when Taylor Hall comes back, uh, that's a pretty fun line to watch there. Taylor Hall, Ryan Donato, uh, and Connor Bedard, two former Bruins, flying uh, the flanks with them. Which is very impressive to see. And just that wraparound goal, how quick he was to get to the post yeah. way before Allmark was ready yep. uh, for that. And it just shows you just the uh, ability that he has and the quickness he has. to uh, Just the, everything he does is fast. He, you know, moves the puck fast. He shoots that puck right off his stick, right off the mm -hmm. blade fast. Everything that he does, it, it's quick and it's with purpose. And it's great to see. What wasn't great to see was Taylor Hall get injured in that no. game because, yeah. man, that, that chemistry with him, Hall, and Donato, it was yep. really starting to develop in those first two games. And to see him now week to week out, Due to injury, Taylor Hall uh, remained as an uh, unfortunate blow. Pasternak, man, uh, picking up right where he left off. Two yeah. goals uh, in that Bruins uh, victory. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Look, they got off to a red-hot start last season, and a lot of people were surprised by it. They were fast starters last year. We'll see if they can be that again this year. Yeah, I mean, look, the, obviously their Achilles heel is right up the middle there. It's what, What's yeah. it going to be like at the center position after you lose Krejci and Bergeron? And, you know, it's one game. You, you can't put too much stock into it. But I, I did notice one thing. I mean, one of the biggest concerns, I think, when you lose a guy like Bergeron is face-offs. Um, and, you know, I've been watching that carefully throughout the preseason. They've progressively gotten better. And Morgan Geeky and Pavel Zaka were their two best face-off guys the other night. So that's got to be impressive uh, for Jim Montgomery to see. But, again, it's one game. Uh, but that's a thing to keep an eye on. I mean, I think they're good, obviously, between the pipes. They're built out good on defense. You got Charlie McAvoy and Hampus Lindholm in your in your top four. Uh, I like their defense a lot, but can they score? I you know, and, and Montgomery's going to be honest about it. He already has. He, he says, "Look, we're not going to have the puck like we did last year. We had the puck a lot, and we're just going to have to rely on you know, kind of like I was saying earlier uh, with Minnesota. I I don't know if I see Minnesota. I see Minnesota being a a team that's going to be tough to play against, but can they produce a lot of goals on a, da a daily basis, yeah. you know, a night-to-night -night mm -hmm. basis? So I kind of see the Bruins the same way. Um, I think one player, obviously, to keep an eye on, you know, I'm sure you guys have heard about him by now, is Matthew Poitra. Uh, he's been quite the surprise yep. to the Bruins and really a blessing. I don't think they thought this kid uh, was going to come in and get a job out of camp. And same goes for John Beecher. So uh, those are good little surprises for them to have. But I think it's going to be a very interesting season. Um, obviously, they'll never replicate what they did last year. It's pretty much impossible, but I think they're a playoff too. Yeah, that's where they are. And boy, I'll tell you what, if this young kid, Matthew Poitra, can get going for them uh, and really give them a little – uh, you know, a little help on the center ice position, you know, yeah. that would be huge, but uh, you know, there's a, there's a need there. There's a, there's an opening there. There's an opportunity there, you know, especially three and four center spots behind uh, uh, Zaka and Coil. So that's going to be interesting to see, you know, if he can continue to be uh, the guy that can hang into them, be fill that spot, because obviously that's the position where you've got all your big question marks with Boston this season. And that obviously is the center ice position. All right, we have two games tonight uh, in the NHL, and we will begin with Arizona, New Jersey. Uh, the Devils minus 240, home favorite, six and a half the total. This is an interesting dynamic here as far as the schedule. We have New Jersey on a back-to-back, -back, albeit two home games, no travel. They get to sleep in their own beds, their own home, uh, essentially, after last night's 4-3 win uh, against Detroit. And it's Arizona's first game uh, of the season here. So mm -hmm. how does this play out remains to be seen. I, I ended up grabbing Arizona in this spot. Just a small bet here. Plus 200, uh, plus 210 is what I got on it. It's plus 200 to plus 205 right now. I do think this team has improved this year. I love the mix that they have. Yeah. They've got Clayton Keller, Barrett Hayton, Nick Schmaltz, Logan Cooley now uh, making his NHL debut tonight. There's young cores there. And they've got a nice little blend of veterans that they've added, like an Alex Kerfoot from Toronto uh, and also Jason Zucker. Uh, from Pittsburgh, you know, they've got Lawson Kraus uh, on a, and Matthias Michelli, two pretty good players on the third line. Their fourth line's got Jack McBain on it, who had a nice yeah. season for them last year. So they all of a sudden have a lot more, I think, as far as four line depth, 12 forward depth this season. The blue line's still a question mark. They're going to, they like Giannis Moser, but they got him in a top pair role. Let's see how he fits in, how he, how he does. That's always a big ask sometimes. You know, they have journeyman defensemen there like Troy Stetcher. Uh, there uh, for the uh, Arizona Coyotes as well. Uh, but I do like the two new additions, you know, Sean Dursey 
has had a nice career so far from L.A. And, of course, Matt Dumba from Minnesota. So a couple of veteran presences, mm-hmm. much needed for Arizona on that blue line. And the goaltending times last year, the goaltending kept them in games. Corral Vimalco was very solid. He had his shaky games, too, but there were a lot of good moments from him. Connor Ingram, I'm not a big fan of, but I will say the preseason, he played very well. So we'll see if he provides that stable backup option in that as well for Arizona. Look, New Jersey off the win last night. Um, we did, we've only seen really one piece of evidence here with uh, a team that played the night before against a team that hadn't, and that was Chicago-Boston. Chicago was on the back-to-back. Uh, they lost to Boston. Boston hadn't played a game yet. doesn't mean Arizona's going to win tonight, but definitely I'm, I'm going to take a small shot here with this Coyotes team at uh, plus 200 or so. Schmidt should be in net for New Jersey tonight. It was Vanacek last night, and it is Vimelka here for Arizona. Uh, I lean over the total as well. And then for props in this game, there are some props that interest me here. Keller goal, Keller over shots on goal. And um, I'm going to look in that direction. Hughes, I'm going back to the well over shots on goal, over three and a half, and to score a goal. I think Timo Meyer might be a good goal prop too because he's played well against Arizona. He knows this team. He's got a big frame. That could match up well. Arizona, as far as size goes, they don't have a ton of it. So that could be good news for Timo Meyer in this game. Dougie Hamilton, he scored the game, uh, not the game winner because the Detroit got a third goal, but it put them ahead at the time. He's only minus 112 to get a point. So a really good price just to ask Dougie Hamilton to get a point uh, in this game. I like that. Dougie shots on goal as well, I think is worth a look. So it's a good prop game. A lot of props uh, stand out to me. Uh, and as far as side and total, Arizona plus 200 to plus 205 and a little bit over six and a half as well, minus 120. Uh, Alex, uh, Coyotes and Devils should be a fun matchup here. Yeah, it should be. Uh, we, I was, we were joking in the chat. Uh, we were wondering where friend of the program, Pearl of Wisdom, would be. We were hoping he would be in here because I'm sure this is a game he's got circled for sure to his favorite goaltenders, Karel Vamelka, going against Kira Schmid. Uh, this should be an interesting game. And like you said, the scheduling setup of New Jersey playing the second night of back-to-backs against an Arizona team opening the year. Uh, I don't know necessarily how long they've been in New Jersey, but I'm, I'm guessing probably at least a couple of days to just get, you know, be fresh, get acclimated, not have the time, uh, you know, change issues of, of flying, you know, day of or day before. And uh, maybe that should be, you know, a fresher bunch. So it makes sense to grab 200. And the way everyone loves Arizona as a dark horse and, and as a, a much more competitive team than previous seasons, you have to grab 200 now because you're probably not even going to get, you're going to get them as underdogs. Okay. They're going to still lose games. They're still a bad team, but you're not going to get plus 200 too often with them. They're probably going to be hanging around more in that 150 to 180 range now. And those two twenties, two thirties, three hundreds of, of last year, and the year before those are gone, especially at home because bookmakers certainly took notice to how they played at mall arena. Uh, so they will be making those adjustments. So if they can get a win here as a plus 200 dog, it might be a while before you see them lined in that neighborhood again. So I, I understand the handicap and, and, and grabbing that number. I'm staying away from the side. I will be looking at the first period over. And I'm seeing between, uh, you got one and a half that are up near 160, or you're getting two. So this will be one that I will be looking for live. Uh, I will have it in the primer uh, that I do every day now inside of the YouTube uh, family plan package in the communities tab. And I posted a play last night. We'll talk about it as we talk more about that, the, the family plan. But uh, I posted one for free yesterday to just kind of give everybody a feel of how that works. I'll have something that'll talk about what I'm circling for during the game, just like I do during the backcast. So I'll talk about I'm looking for four minutes, five minutes in, what the play is. I'll have that posted up before all the games start. And then during the games, I'll have a timestamp mark where I have, you know, whatever units or whatever price and, and number I got on that given live play. So uh, that's the way I'll be attacking this game for for tonight. That's the only thing I'm looking at this first period over. Full game over, a little bit trickier. If you like that, probably want to wait and grab that live as well. That's right. And I that's and uh, something that we are doing right now, if you're signed up to the Ice Guys family plan, we'll talk more about this after we talk about the two games, but not, uh, for $9.99 a month, Members only, not only do we post the betting, are we posting the betting card daily, like the pregame betting card, but Alex has been going in there and posting his, not only his live wagers, but his strategy for live betting for that night with certain games. Like I'm thinking of the over at this number live and at this number of minutes into the game, so to speak, and the, you know, estimation based on the way the game goes. So it's really good kind of a live betting tutorial, if you will, to how to really properly and really yeah, accurately get some good live wagers in place based on a look, a proven live betting strategy that has worked for uh, specifically Alex for a very long time. 
you know, as we both bet done a lot of live betting. This yeah. is a strategy that works. You wait for that price drop and then you get in at the right time and you get a better number. And it's usually, you know, sometimes five minutes, sometimes as much as 10, 15 minutes into the game. Yeah, absolutely. And already four and one. So off to a hot start and getting much better value on the plays. than if you were betting, if you were betting the pregame, I think you'd be three and two. But you're getting four and one with a much higher return because, I mean, we got plus 185 of the first period over last night in Vegas, San Jose. So that's something you would never see uh, that high pregame. So it, it pays to, you know, and it takes time. It takes, you know, development. So I'm trying to develop something that where, you know, can, almost like I said, like a full tutorial on how to, you know, hone your craft and, and work on, you know, picking up the timing of betting live. Exactly. And again, that is a uh, live wagers and those live day, nightly daily live uh, betting uh, tips and plan of attack, if you will, is available for our Ice Guys family plan YouTube channel subscribers. So uh, make sure you uh, check that out. Again, it's just $9.99 a month for that. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Arizona, New Jersey. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I'm really actually, it sounds crazy. I'm excited to watch Arizona this year. I'm with you. I think they're going to be much improved. Okay. A lot of good young players starting to come into their own and obviously Cooley coming into the league as well. Um, I like this. I think this is a great spot for them. Uh, I'm going to go with the money line as well on Arizona. I'm going to take Cooley to score a goal and Clayton Keller over two and a half shots uh, tonight. There you go. And uh, yeah, def uh, definitely. I think Clayton Keller, again, a great season last year. We'll see what he's got in mind for a follow-up this year with Arizona. All right, Pittsburgh Penguins, Washington Capitals. Remember when we everyone would just go bonkers for this matchup? Now it feels like it's just uh, not yeah. the same. It really is because Pittsburgh, we wonder if they're going to be a playoff team. We don't think Washington's going to be one as they look to rebuild a bit. The best thing about Washington this year, the front-burning storyline, is Alex Ovechkin and his chase uh, of 99, Wayne Gretzky, trying to uh, catch him as the uh, leading goal scorer in NHL history. Uh, we got Pittsburgh minus 120, uh, road favorites, six and a half the total. I don't want to lay a price with Pittsburgh on the road, even though they are in a bounce-back spot. But, you know, you saw more of the same problems from them against Chicago. Not holding leads, breaking down defensively, not getting the key save from Tristan Jari when you needed it. Even though I thought he played pretty well for the first two periods, third period, couldn't shut down that Chicago team. And that becomes an issue for a team that I think that's got defensive holes. I mean, I think I like mm -hmm. Pedersen as an above average defender. I think Graves is solid, but again, he's a young guy in a number one pair, which is a challenge trying to get just to, to that. And then you got Latang who struggles defensively. You've got Eric Carlson, as we know, as good as he is moving the puck, putting up the points, quarterback in the power play. He struggles defensively. And you got a lot of, you know, marginal defensemen with Joseph and Ruedel as well. I mean, to me, it's just not a great shutdown blue line, one through six. It isn't. They're going to have some issues, and it's going to put pressure on Jari and Nadelkovic to be great in net. Tristan Jari is confirmed to be the uh, starting goaltender tonight for Pittsburgh. We'll see if he and the Penguins can bounce back from that disappointing opening night setback uh, to the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. On the flip side here, you've got the uh, Washington Capitals. Uh, and by the way, we've got some news that wasn't around when I uh, did another show earlier this morning, but there's uh, there's a chance Darcy Kemper doesn't play tonight for the uh, Washington really? Capitals uh, in that day-to-day, -day, uh, apparently, uh, but it's not injury. It's his wife has given birth, so it's something to do oh, with that. So. Um, there is a chance that uh, Kemper's out, which means Charlie Lindgren would be the next man up here for the uh, Washington Capitals as their Charlie potential Lindgren. starting goalie tonight. We'll see. It probably is. I mean, it sure is sounding yeah. like they're leaning yeah. Lindgren here uh, in net tonight. Look, I think for Washington, I like the top six. I mean, you've still got the the old stalwarts, right? Ovechkin, uh, Kuznetsov, uh, Wilson, Oshie. I mean, there's no issues there. It's going to be, what about this bottom six? What I do like about the bottom six is they're going to give, they're actually going to move Connor McMichael, who is a pretty solid young prospect up to the second line. Uh, Dylan Strom's on the third line. Uh, it looks like Anthony Mantha. They need to get something more out of him. It's been a tough, tough time for him in Washington. He's got to step it up. You got Dowd and watch out for Matthew Phillips. Matthew Phillips was with the Calgary organization. He's now with the Washington organization. He never got a chance from Daryl Sutter, a great AHL goal scorer, but we need to see if he can translate that now to the NHL level. Uh, Matthew Phillips here for the Washington Capitals. And then on the blue line, you've got a healthy John Carlson, which is good. Rasmus Sandin played pretty solid once they got him from Toronto uh, last year. Uh, but after that, there's questions. You know, you got Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Martin Fehervari, and then you've got uh, Lucas Johansson, kid that's really, uh, you know, a guy that, He's been around. I mean, he's 25 years old. He's been in the AHL. 
but suddenly he was good enough to make the team uh, out of training camp. So kind of a surprise starting defenseman to, to begin the year here for Washington uh, with him. So we'll see how it goes. Um, this is one I like props more uh, than anything else. Um, it is worth noting the over is five and two in the last seven meetings between the Penguins and Capitals. And you know I have Pittsburgh circled as kind of an over team, a, a team that can score. They should be able to. Because you got to love Pittsburgh up front to score goals this year. Crosby, Malkin, Rust, you know, Gensel's healthy. Riley Smith comes in from Vegas. You know, there shouldn't be any issue scoring. So I probably have a look at the over, just small here, six and a half because of where the number is. This is like what Alex said. Maybe small over six and a half and look for over five and a half in game, you know, if it gets off to a, a slow start here. And then as far as the props go, because I do think there's some opportunities, Riley Smith only minus 105 to get a point. I like that. Uh, I thought he actually had a good game, had a, a bunch of chances against Morozik in Chicago the other night. Puck just didn't go in. So I like him to get a point here for the uh, Penguins. Riley Smith minus 105. Uh, I also am looking at a Gensel goal scorer prop. Gensel over shots on goal. He's done very well in his history against uh, the Washington Capitals. He's played well against them. Uh, and Ovechkin, almost by default, I got to have a small Ovechkin prop here to score a goal. I mean, obviously, I think he is definitely someone that's going to put pedal to the metal and, and look to get closer and closer to that, um, you know, mark. And he usually plays, he usually scores against Pittsburgh, too. He usually mm -hmm. does a pretty good job of finding the back of the net with them. So there's one that I would go with uh, in this game as well. Uh, John Carlson over shots on goal and maybe point props for both Wilson and Carlson. For the uh, Capitals, Tom Wilson actually got some offense going once he got healthy last year. He's only minus 114 to get a point. And I like Carlson uh, for the uh, Capitals, too, from the blue line over shots and to get a point uh, in this game uh, as well. Uh, Alex, it's not what it used to be, Penguins and Capitals, but it is still Crosby versus Ovechkin. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, it's definitely not not the not the same. And you know, you look at these two teams, and it's funny. Uh, Taylor Bischoff in the chat mentioned both of these teams suck. Yes, they do, but it's completely different. Washington just seems to be going absolutely nowhere. Pittsburgh is at least trying to make that last stand. But Washington's, you know, didn't get any younger. They re-signed Tom Wilson long term. Of course, they got Ovechkin a few more years. It seems like they're trying to do, or at least we're trying to do what Pittsburgh's doing. All right, let's make one more big rush with our our core mm -hmm. veterans, but then you didn't really add anything else. You haven't drafted that well. A lot of the guys you've brought up have just been kind of, you know, whole hum, a bunch of third and fourth liners hanging around in Hershey, essentially. Uh, that's not going to be enough in this metropolitan division. It's not going to be enough with what Pittsburgh's done. It's not going to be enough with what the Rangers have done. Even the Islanders, they can't, you know, put a puck in the ocean, but they make stops. They find ways to win. So Washington has put themselves in a spot where, they're probably going to be starting their rebuild sooner than later, and it's going to be a while. Same thing with Pittsburgh. When Pittsburgh has to blow this up because of the moves that they had to make, you know, moving first round and second round picks, they're not going to have much. They don't have anything uh, in the AHL that's of, of substantial value. It could be 10 years before you see Pittsburgh being a contending team. And I, you could easily say the same thing about Washington, too, at some point. It's going to be a, a rough decade, I think, ahead for both of these clubs because they spent so much time and money uh, building for now, playing for now and not doing much for the future. So, uh, you know, yeah, embrace these moments while you can if you're a fan of either one of these teams because uh, this rivalry and the luster will not have the same feel in about five years from now. That being said, I'm passing on this game, especially now with the news of, my, of Lindgren starting. I was leaning toward Washington. He said just having the, the you know, home uh, opener against the rival. He said, you know, Ovechkin back on the ice. You know, his, his year was up and down to say the least. Uh, and, and so to, for him to get back on track would be a big thing. And that, and of course, whatever he does, the team follows with. So, you know, I think that's going to be the, the biggest thing for Washington early on. You will find spots where if he's clicking, the rest of the team clicks and they'll be able to get wins. But ultimately, if this is a team I'll probably be fading most of January, February and beyond. I, I see them really falling out of favor. So this is a complete pass for me tonight. I was tempted by Washington as far as the side goes in this game. I was. I don't want anything to do with laying a price on the road with this Pittsburgh team. Who I I, I don't I don't love this Pittsburgh team, and I got to see it before I believe in them. Right now, I want to bet against Pittsburgh, but I'm not going to force myself into a position to bet on a team that I also think is a bet against team, just so I can bet against Pittsburgh. And because <laughs> I also think Washington's a bet against team, so it's to me this is bet against versus bet against. I don't want to back either of them. Like I say, this is more maybe we'll look small at the over and those props that I mentioned. I think are all. Good looks tonight in this game. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here? Penguins Capitals. 
Well, my first time on, and that means I got to give you a Jimmy Puck line. So uh, give me the Penguins minus one and a half, guys. I, I just like, you know, this is a good bounce back game. This this rivalry may not mean much that to, to the fans, to the media as much, but I think it means a lot to the players still. I really do. And I, I think that Pittsburgh gets up for this. They bounce back from that loss. They're going to want to come out and make a statement. And now that you get lingering in that, I think it's, uh, you know, it looks like a recipe for a nice Pittsburgh win here. I'm actually even going to go further and, take them over three and a half goals as well uh, in this game. All right. So that's a, that's two bets for Pittsburgh here for a Jimmy minus one and a half at plus 200 for that uh, puck line uh, plus 200 on that uh, Penguins laying the goal and a half and the team total for Pittsburgh over three and a half at plus plus one twelve. So, mm-hmm. you know, pretty good plus prices there uh, with uh, both of those. It'll be interesting to see how this game plays out. A shout out to everyone in the chat and a special shout out because I see it here on our, a StreamYard studio here in the background. Uh, let me just uh, take a look here. Where's our uh, comments? There we go. All right, here we go. Shout out to our new channel members, new family, Ice Guys Family Plan uh, YouTube channel members and subscribers. Aaron, we appreciate it. Taylor Bischoff, thanks for joining us. And of course, our old friend, Jarek Rubel, an aspiring play-by-play man as well, uh, Jarek uh, Rubel, who does a great job. I listen, Jarek, trust me. Yeah. I try to tune into yep. your radio broadcasts there, play-by-play. You got that energy. You got that passion. Uh, you're you're, you're going to go places. You keep working at it. You'll be discovered. Someone will find you. Uh, you're Absolutely. doing a nice job with that. Uh, so yeah. keep up the uh, good work. So. Uh, thanks to those of you for joining the uh, channel. And I do want to point it out now. Let me see if I can uh, find it here on the uh, uh, bring up the uh, the uh, live betting stuff that Alex was uh, talking about just a moment ago. I just want to illustrate it here on the screen for uh, just a moment. But, yeah, it is a it's great because we really get a chance to uh, show, you know, what kind of live betting strategies can work for you uh, long term. But there you go. This was from last night. And you'll see yeah. just before the card started here. Live spots, he talked about Detroit at New Jersey. Play on live over five and a half at minus 120 uh, for uh, or better for a quarter unit. And then there's an estimated time of when to place that bet. You know, you look for, you know, four or five scoreless minutes going into that game. Uh, and it's uh, and right away you'll see if the total is six and a half pregame and you get those five minutes without a goal, it'll drop to five and a half and you will be able to get that good number. And sure enough, it actually didn't matter because the game went over the the original total anyway, but definitely got the over five and a half. Remember, it got to 4-2 with the empty net. You still needed Detroit to score, you know, with 30 or so seconds left to get the full game over. So you still had to sweat if you had over six and a half there uh, in that game. So that one, and then the other one was Vegas-San Jose where Alex targeted over one and a half. In the first period at minus 110 or better for a quarter unit puts in his estimated time of uh, scoreless hockey before he would pounce on a spot like that and sure enough he actually did pounce on the spot yeah. at that time he posted it in our uh, members only section the live wager vegas san jose first period over one and a half look at the price he got plus 185 wow. uh, at FanDuel, and that was when it was scoreless you know a decent amount into that first period sure enough vegas gets on the board one nothing and then uh, zadina makes it one one for San Jose with about, I think, four or five minutes left in the first yep. period. And there you go. There was your over. So outstanding job, uh, Alex. And I'll tell you what, uh, Alex is way better, live better than I am. There's no question about that. Uh, he he is a terrific, he's great with the next goal props. Wait till we get to the, into yeah. those a little bit too. Just wait, riding that momentum wave, seeing the game transpire, seeing, okay, big penalty kill. You know, let's see if they gain momentum from that. That's where the next goal props come in. But you know, this is what's great about the family plan and what we can post on, on the community tab is just these strategies as well. We always talk about picks. We always talk about what we like, what we bet. We don't talk about strategies probably as much as we should have. And I think that's probably across the board. We really uh, are trying to do that here uh, with not only the, the the community tab and the family plan, but also on the betcast. Betting strategies that have proven to work. And hopefully we can instill that with uh, all of you that watch and listen to the show. Yeah, absolutely. Like I said, you know, we want to give you guys winning picks as well, but we also just want to, you know, grow all of our minds as handicappers. You know, that's how we all work and network and the people that we know and contact, you know, in Vegas and beyond. We're, we're all trading information and, and, and sharing our thoughts and ideas and strategies. And so 
we want to, you know, give that to you guys who are, who are part of the family plan as well, you know, to help you see these things easier because we can talk about it all day long. Like I said, we're on the BetCast on, on Tuesday nights and we give these plays out, but I'm sure most of you are probably wondering, and, I, and I've had questions for years. People ask me, well, how the hell did you come up with, with, with that idea? And so that's just the thought process going in my mind. I'm just now finally for the first time ever really putting it to paper or, or type uh, and sharing it. Yeah, absolutely. And that's uh, what we're trying to trying to make uh, skills, skills and uh, definitely opinions uh, and things that you can look at is to try to make you a better uh, hockey, better and live better specifically uh, overall. All right. What has become even after a couple of losses now with this segment, uh, the last couple nights, still one of my favorite segments of this show. It's time for the bargain bin special of the night. And what this is, is we look uh, down the board and try to find a goal scorer prop with some value on it. Usually I looked at plus 300 or better is usually what I consider a bargain bin special. So that is always the aim for me is to pick something, but we're still riding the high off Ryan Donato and we're still profitable on the season for the bargain bin special of the night. Like we could lose, you know, four or five in a row uh, before we uh, get to the point where we're going to be down money, but we're riding that plus 550 winner from Tuesday night with uh, Ryan Donato of the uh, Chicago Blackhawks. But for my Bargain bin special of the night tonight. This is definitely going to be one where if this cashes, it's going to be a long time before we're minus units with this bargain bin special goal score prop of the night. Uh, Jimmy actually kind of gave it away because he mentioned this guy uh, already earlier when he talked about this game. I can't pass it up. He's centering the second line. He was awesome in the preseason for this team. It's Logan Cooley in his NHL debut at plus 525 uh, at Caesars. Uh, to find the back of the net. Again, this is a guy that was just terrific in the preseason, seemed like he got chances, seemed like he made something happen every time he was on the ice. And I think at that price, a chance, and you know these young kids too, and look at Fantilli. He didn't score last night, but he got his first NHL point. These young kids, they want to get that first goal or that first point. They want to make that impact right away because they don't want to get asked by the media uh, no offense to Jimmy Murphy. They don't want to get asked by the media over and over again. When are you going to get your first goal? When are you going to get your first point? They want to get it over with. And Logan Cooley's got the skill to get it over with quickly as far as his first yep. NHL goal. So plus 525, Logan Cooley, Arizona Coyotes for my bargain bin special of the night. Alex, you got anything or not today? No, I'm passing up on today. But that's a good one, though. Like I said, Logan Cooley's definitely got – this is your last call to grab probably a Logan Cooley at nine to one for the Calder. Honestly, uh, that that's not that won't be a bargain bin uh, price. That might that might be more of a household price and a higher price uh, if he takes off like he did in the preseason in these early games. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So I think that's a good uh, look. And again, Jimmy mentioned him earlier. Uh, you know what? There's a it's funny. There's a couple in that game alone. But the thing with uh, Kraus, be careful with uh, Lawson Kraus because Kraus is going to be playing on the uh, third line tonight. So down the lineup a little bit uh, this seat to start this season because they got a little more depth up front now. Uh, the uh, Arizona Coyotes. So uh, make sure you keep that in mind. But you are right. I believe he's still going to get on the power play for this team on the second uh, unit. Uh, so that's definitely something to uh, keep in mind. But yeah, Logan Cooley at that price, I thought was just uh, an outstanding, an outstanding price. Hell, you know what? There's some books that have Jason Zucker, who is terrific for Pittsburgh at plus 310, you know, and uh, we know how good offensively he was. That's not a bad, you know, uh, honorable mention, if you will, uh, for the uh, bargain bin uh, special. Schmaltz, I don't know. Schmaltz has to be the, again, the, has to fit the uh, plus 300 or greater criteria as far as the goal prop and for him yeah plus 250 is as high as it is uh, as it is for uh nick schmaltz so uh, that one definitely wouldn't uh, make the grade dawson mercer too for jersey didn't score last night but i know you'll get him probably uh at or uh, slightly above plus 300 as well let me see here no you won't actually plus 255 so he would not be uh, a candidate mm -hmm. wouldn't fit the criteria but Cooley for me. Cooley was the uh, the easy choice for me. It's the one that stand stood out the most. Mm -hmm. a, a terrific price, plus five twenty five. So that's going to be the bargain bin special. And Jimmy, you mentioned him as well. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to take another bargain bin from that uh, game, and I'm going to throw a big one at you right here, guys. Matt Dumba to score his first goal with the Coyotes at plus one thousand. Wow. What the hell? That yeah. is that's that's plus fifteen hundred at Caesars, <laughs> oh, you, Jimmy. We'll okay. give you a better price Whoa. thanks to line shopping. Fifteen wow. to one. 
How about that for a bargain bin special <laughs> of the night right nice. there? Five bucks. What the hell? Yeah, right. That's a that's not just the bargain bin. That's going to the dollar store. Yeah. yeah. With, uh, <laughs> that's dollar that's store. That's hitting bin. the lottery. <laughs> I think that is. So plus 1,500, Matt Dumba, Arizona Coyotes from the blue line uh, in his uh, Coyotes debut. Good choice. I mean, off the radar choice, but that price is yeah. – something else so there you go another bargain bin special of the night and we've got a lot i'll have lots of candidates tomorrow because tomorrow's saturday show is going to be absolutely slammed 14 yes. games uh, wow. in the nhl tomorrow we'll be on at noon eastern uh for that show alex and i and uh, it'll be a long one but it'll be a fun one and it'll certainly be packed with information picks uh bets sides totals player props uh, and analysis so make sure you join us for our first marathon show on a saturday on an nhl saturday this season uh tomorrow at noon eastern time jimmy uh, before we get to best bets and wrap up the show anything from saturday's card since you won't be with us obviously tomorrow anything from saturday's card that you like as of right now you know what honestly guys i confess i haven't even looked at it yet so i'll just pass from that <laughs> nothing wrong with that that's so all busy. good all right best bets alex we'll start with you what do you like for best bet well like i said i don't have anything that's uh pre-game here but like i said the best bet look as of right now, we're going with the first period over in uh, Arizona and New Jersey. So I'm just going to give you the circle breakdown that I'll be putting uh, on the YouTube page. So I'll just, just give this out to you free right here on the show. I'm looking for a range of, I used the, the term ETR, so estimated time range of three to four minutes after the first period. If you already have a one, uh, one and a half, which I'm sure most books will probably auto set to one and a half off of two uh, once the game starts because we're seeing twos that are in the plus range. I'll write more about how the, the price ranges work for certain books down the road. But what we're looking for is first period over. We're looking for anything minus $1.25 or better within the range of three to four minutes past with no score. We get that. You see 125. We hit that. We're probably going to go for a half unit because that's our only play here for tonight. So that's the live strategy for Coyotes Devils first period over. There you go. A little live betting strategy there for Alex using that on for the best bet segment today on a day where we only have, of course, two games. It'll be a much easier task to come up with a best bet tomorrow on the uh, Saturday show. Uh, Jimmy, what do you think here for a uh, best bet? I'm going to go with Cooley getting the goal right off the, uh, in his first game. So give me Logan Cooley to score. There we go. Logan Cooley pressures on uh, pressures on now. Got to deliver. We're, we're all yep. thinking he might be able to find that back of the net tonight. Plus five twenty-five. Logan Cooley uh, to uh, find the uh, back of the net. Uh, my best bet, why not swing for the fences here? Why not with the uh, Arizona Coyotes here? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> there you go. First time this season. Arizona plus 205 is still out there uh, with the uh, Arizona Coyotes right now. Um, I think it's an undervalued team. And, you know, with New Jersey having one last night back-to-back, -back, I think Arizona is going to give the Devils a game and at least have a good shot uh, in this one tonight. So plus 205, Arizona Coyotes, best bet for me for this Friday. Uh, NHL card. Uh, that's a wrap. It's great to have Jimmy back. Uh, Jimmy, just uh, before we wrap it up, anything you want to say? Anything? I want to mention your podcast. That's what I was saying. Yeah, there was something think. I wanted to mention. Your podcast on National Hockey Now Network and the YouTube channel. Doing a great job with that. Thanks. Yeah, we took, didn't get one this week uh, just because opening week with all the centennial stuff going on here for the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, but we'll be back at it next week. I've had some great guests on. It's been fun. So I appreciate that. Yeah, there's no doubt. And uh, so check that out. Our guy, Jimmy Murphy, with his uh, hockey show uh, throughout the uh, season, no doubt. Jimmy, your thoughts on the Centennial jerseys? You like them? Or love them? Hate them? What? I do. You know, I like the the white and black ones definitely remind me of uh, the jerseys I grew up with, uh, mm -hmm. like in the 80s and 90s up until like 95. Uh, but I like the third one the best, the third alternate yeah. jersey there that they wore in the season opener. Uh, those are great. So, yeah, I think the Bruins are really nailing it with everything they've done so far to honor the centennial and uh yeah. you know it was great i was able to be a part of selecting that team uh that they announced last night so that was uh it was pretty interesting a lot of debates in there <laughs> um i'm a little mad that tim thomas got snubbed there and didn't make it in but uh so be it wow i'm actually a little surprised by that too i think he let's be honest he was the backbone in that playoff year i thought yeah, they don't sniff that cup that without him yeah, that's some. That's one of the best goalie playoff runs I've seen. Still, yep. uh, yeah. Tim Thomas, the way he played that year, uh, in that uh, playoff run, including the Cup final against Vancouver, oh. uh, just absolutely brilliant he was. You're right. I'm a little disappointed. Uh, got snubbed. I would have thought he would be included just based on that 
uh, alone, but uh, definitely still a much yeah. remembered Bruin. He and will and be, I'll yeah. tell you guys, I'm going to write about this too, either today or tomorrow for uh, Boston Hockey Now, but he was there the other night and spoke to us pregame. He, he's messed up, man. Like this, yeah. that CTE stuff really got him good. Um, wow. it, it was, wow. it was hard. It was hard to talk just to see where he was at. I mean, and he's saying he's better than he's been in a while. So I can't wow. imagine how bad it was before because oh my he's gosh. not all there. It's sad. Yeah. Oh, sorry yeah. for that. It's, that's yeah. so, that's unfortunate. Wow. That is sad. Yeah. It's a real thing that's going on in sports, especially yeah. in sports yeah. like football and hockey. They're yeah. just so physical and the hard yeah. contact that you see in the sport. And yeah. you're worried about just irreparable damage that's done because of CTE. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's just, uh, I mean, wish, the you be- the- wish the best for Tim. Yep. The horrible story with Sergio Brown, former Patriot. I, I don't know if you've been following that, Jimmy, with the whole thing. And I haven't Chicago really looked at it. So what happened? He, did he just so lose it or what? He, he's completely lost his mind, and apparently he killed his mom. He, he grew up outside of Chicago. They found his mom dead, and then he was apparently trying to flee the country. He gets detained on a plane that was going to Tijuana. He thought the plane was actually going to Colombia. And he started freaking out on the plane. Someone caught oh, it on, on a phone. So he's been arrested and, and, and extradited back to the, to the States, of course. Wow. But, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's sad. You can see in his eyes he's, he's not there he's at all. He's just not there. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. It's rough. Yeah. And that's yeah. what it is. It causes, you know, all kinds of different uh, hallucinations. And it's, yeah, ju- yeah it's just it's, it's scary yeah. for someone yeah. that's going through something like that. So we definitely wish uh, Tim Thomas – uh, all the uh, best. We wish Jimmy Murphy all the best uh, as well. Thank you, guys. Um, you know what he said on his Facebook page rang true to all uh, to Alex and certainly to me as, as when I saw it that he's been in reporting and he Jimmy had this post where he's thanking everybody yeah. for all the support over the years and it's not always been easy financially. Trust me, I'm still and I mean, he said something yeah. about grinding still after all these yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know you enjoy the work, but you're still you grinding. Gotta love it. You I wouldn't be made it, it to the top it. yet. Right. You feel the same damn way, Jimmy. Indeed. That's yeah. exactly Indeed. so true to me seeing that. Yeah. Good. Well, I'm glad he can relate. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a grind. That's what we do. Yep. This is a job. You know, this yep. is not living in the lap of luxury. This is a job. And this yeah. is grinding. That's sure. what we're all doing uh, on a daily basis. And you're grinding in the chat, and we appreciate you grinding with us and yes. joining us every day uh, on the Ice Guys show. Uh, thanks for joining us. A reminder, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week, Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and more. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Alex B. Smith and Jimmy Murphy, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Friday night, and make sure you don't miss tomorrow's show for the mammoth 14-game NHL card on Saturday, noon Eastern. Join us again for another edition of the Ice Guys. (laughs) 